This is Global Bible Study, a World Christianity Project, connecting you to the Word and to the world of God. Hello, in this episode, Pastor Roberto Passos, a master's student in missiology at Brazil Adventist University, is my co-host. Jesus generally cared for people. He was more interested in their concerns and needs than his own. His was a ministry of love and compassion. That's because as people saw his genuine concern, they were open to his spiritual truth that he taught. Dr. Grain Russian, born to a missionary family in Egypt and growing up in Lebanon, he teaches in the School of Religion at Andrews University, USA. Bruno Lastus have volunteering in China. He is currently majoring theology and Portuguese at Brazilian Adventist University. Gracie Tapia, born in Peru, he was part of the high school in the United States and currently a civil engineering student at UNASP. Welcome everybody, we're glad you are here. It's hard to believe this is our episode number eight. We have been discussing about making friends for Jesus, people from many different countries and uh, with different, different experiences actually. Pastor Russell, the Bible verse for, uh, the, the main Bible verse for this week says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep have, have been no shepherd. And we're interested in learning how to minister like Jesus. The question is, it seems that as people saw Jesus' genuine concern, they were open to the spiritual truth that he taught. Was that part of the secret? I think uh, this, this concept that Jesus was moved with compassion. You know, the, the Greek here actually kind of refers to something that his very innards, we would say his his bowels, internally. It's like when you see someone hurting, your, your heart just goes out to them. And Jesus began that as a young boy. He often gave away his food, his lunch to people. He, he was a person of compassion. That's a passion for someone else. We have a lot of passion for ourselves, but compassion is passion for other people. And so Jesus saw people's needs, their needs for healing, and he healed many. Their needs for comfort, he comforted many. Their needs for forgiveness, their needs for food, whether it's spiritual or physical, he saw their needs, and by meeting their needs, their hearts were then opened to being receptive to his spiritual message as well, because he saw the person as a person, a whole being, not compartments of spiritual, physical, emotional, and so forth. It was holistic. Bruno, you spent time in China. How important was it for you to be able to see people as a whole, as Pastor Russell just mentioned, and to recognize that the world needs a demonstration of the gospel as much as it needs its proclamation? Well, I think, um, you know, having my time in China to as a basis to, to answer this question. I think if I didn't see people as a whole there, I would be totally lost. Uh, and I say this because, you know, 
I think we separate things in order to, to make them easy for us to understand. And it's pretty easy for us just to say, you know, this is your spiritual life and there goes your um, physical life, there goes your, you know, whatever part of the life we may, we may say. But for me, it was very challenging to see that people was a kind of a whole thing that I didn't understand there. Um, and in order to, to kind of see this, this act of love of God helping us to, to meet people's needs, we really need to have an open mind, an open mind also to, to understand that God is making us um, having empathy for people, even to the things we don't really understand, to the things we don't really um, know about, right? Because when I was there, I didn't know basically anything about the culture, and I had to make you know very several efforts to to understand the culture, to meet with people, to understand what they you know they think about the reality. So I think um, the need for understanding people as a whole is a need for love people the way Christ sees us, because we don't see people as they are. We see people as we see the world. So I think it's uh, it's a challenge, but also a privilege to to be in this partnership with God to see people the way they are, the, the way Christ sees us. Christ sees them, right? <laughs> and I wanted to give Grace a chance also to say something about this, maybe in connection with the young people, how, especially for the young people, the younger generations, is that they they really uh, demand that kind of connection between what we say and how we live it out. Um, well, when I went to different places, we usually used to talk with them first, get to know them better. So especially the young people, they are like, they, they really need, they look for knowledge. They look to get to us, to know us. So we, we have to prepare this, this, I don't know, this place so we can get to know them and they get to know us. So we, they get like really calm to learn about us. And we get to teach them about everything that we know, especially with the young people. They are always like wanting more and more things, especially when they see something different. And so when we get to share this message, we have to with, do with passion because this is something really special that we are going to do. Like they are going to get this message so strong and get passionate about it. It's very, very good view. And as Dr. Green, uh, one of the criticisms the religion leaders uh, in the Jesus days is about the Jesus receive sinners and eat with them. What do you think about that? I think hallelujah. Because <laughs> if he didn't receive sinners, he's not going to receive me. And if you're not insulted, he's not going to receive you either. Because we're all sinners. But what they meant was these were the outcasts. These were the people on the fringes. But you know, I found that that's often quite true. Some of you have moved to new places. I don't know if you had this experience, but sometimes when I moved to new places, the people who were successful, they didn't have time to really look for new friends. They had their group of friends, they had their life, everything was set, don't interrupt it. 
But sometimes the rascals, you know, the troublemakers, they, hey, yeah, come and join us. You know, we have space for you. And it's unfortunate sometimes as religious people, we kind of look to others as if we're a closed group, we're exclusive. And Jesus reached beyond. Wherever there was circle, he broke the circle and went beyond the circle and drew another circle to bring them in. So far, as we think about how to minister like Jesus, we have uh, at least three very important lessons. One is to always um, act out of compassion for the people around us. And then also the fact that we have to find coherence in what we say and, and how we live. So both uh, teaching and also living, acting, demonstrating what we teach. And finally, the, the fact that uh, we have to be careful not to uh, exclude some people from process. Uh, our study guide says that their view of religion, the view of those religious leaders in the time of Jesus, was one of estrangement rather than engagement. And uh, I think it, uh, it's a nice play with words there. Now, there's an important, um, one of the most important prayers in Jesus' ministry, we find it in John chapter 17. And uh, when Jesus prayed for his followers, uh, he, he said that they should be in the world, but not of the world. And uh, I think that creates quite a dilemma. Um, but anyways, what are some of the thoughts that we can uh, we can share about this being the world, not being of the world or not of the world? Pastor Glenn. Yes, Dr. Marcello, I'm going to ask you as a missiologist, do you think an accurate translation would be in the culture, but not of the culture? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yes, um, I think there's a good point there uh, when we say that not of the, the things of the culture that are not aligned with the biblical world, right? Maybe. I think that's what Jesus meant in many ways. So probably he's uh, even pointing out to his own experience as the incarnate God saying, so I'm here in the world, but I do not share with the things that are not part of God's character, the values that, uh, that are part of God's kingdom. That's, that's just my my personal opinion and probably too theoretical. I want to hear you guys. Bruno, what does it mean for you to be in the world but not of the world? I think, you know, to talk about culture, I think it's a good way to start it because I think there is good stuff in all cultures and there is bad stuff in all cultures. Uh, culture seems, seems to me more of a set of systems uh, so it organizes our lives, right? Uh, and therefore, when Christ said that we should be, we should be in, we should stay in the world, but not be of the world. Perhaps think on the, perhaps think on the things that are beyond uh, our human efforts, perhaps you know, or realities, because the gospel of Christ 
Uh, also, it is not just for us to understand the, the things that we should reform in our lives, but perhaps when we start to look at other cultures, we see things that we don't have in our own, and even the bad things that we, we do have in our cultures, uh, the gospel starts to transform in our lives. Um, so I don't have perhaps an answer to that question per se, but I think that God transforms us and in all cultures. So it, it transforms me, it transforms uh, other people from other places. Um, I would give, I would go for this direction perhaps. How about you, know, you Grace? Uh, sorry. Okay, um, I don't know if this goes in this situation, but I am from Peru. I was born there and then I went to Brazil. I came to Brazil like three years old. So I am not Brazilian. Even if I'm here, like it's gonna be 19 years, but I, I don't feel like Brazilian. I live here, I live like everyone. I have this culture from every places that I have been, but I'm, I know I'm, I don't feel like I'm from here. And when I go to Peru, I don't feel like I'm from Peru because I didn't live with them. So it's not exactly what I'm telling you guys that uh, I, you have to go somewhere and don't feel like them. You, you get to know them, you get to live like them, but you still have to feel like you are still Christian. You don't have to get all the customs, you, you, the, all the, the thinkings. You, you know what you are, you are a Christian. So when you go to a new place where everything's different, you go with, okay, I'm Christian, but I'm gonna learn what I can teach. When we, we came to Brazil, we can like, we're gonna teach, we're gonna learn, we're gonna have this, this, um, how can I say, exchange, mm. but I don't, I still, I'm not gonna be from there. Like, we all Christians, we are not from the, the, this world. We're still Christians, we don't belong to here, but we're gonna live here, we're gonna live like them and we are going to testify about God here. Very nice. I think uh, that's a very important point. Uh, it reminds us that the Bible teaches us uh, in terms of our identity as people of God, that we are strangers in the land. We're foreigners in this world forever. Uh, and uh, very much because of that tension, right, Pastor Wilson, that we, that we face in our lives. I, I really like what Grace said because it reminds us Hebrews 11 talks about us being pilgrims uh, we're searching for a country but none of them found it here on earth we're pilgrims we come from a foreign land and we're we're yearning our passport is a divine one and yet we still have to function here scripture also says for God so loved the world so God loves the world but he doesn't want us to become worldly you know uh, I hear an expression sometimes, love the sinner, hate the sin. It, it, it says it nicely, but I find most of the time we hate the sinner and love the sin. So we get it reversed. Uh, if we're going to be in the world but not of the world, we have to have that line of separation. So we use the Bible to guide us what in this culture is good. What in this culture, as Bruno says, needs to be transformed or changed? And then what should be rejected? Wonderful. Uh, Pastor and everyone, 
One of my favorite stories in the Bible is about the centurion guy. And when Jesus say, wow, I never see faith like that. I don't know how the Jewish people see this, but the guys, Pharisees, and the main disciples understand this. So uh, what for you, maybe you'd like to share, or I don't know, your view, what is the vital principles do we find in the Bible about the share our faith with others? What is the vital principles to share our faith with others? What do you think? Maybe Bruno can start. Yeah, this, you know, today by morning I was uh, reading the Gospel of John and I stuck with the passage, I think it's John 4, uh, the, the woman on the wheel, on the well, um, and she was saying, I mean, the passage was going by telling how Christ was kind of selling her the water of life and how that promise that God would change her life actually changed it and how she said and testified of this miracle in her life. And one thing that is very interesting to say um, further in the chapter, it says in the verse 39 that many Samaritans from the, that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. So I think the vital, or the vital principle to share about, uh, you know, testification of, of our faith would be our testimony. People will believe in Christ through us. Of course, each one of us and each one of every people will have the chance to meet Christ personally and he will talk to them. But I think an experience is the best way to share Christ, to share what the gospel is capable of. Um, so people believe in Christ through people. Yeah, yeah, that that is true, isn't it? Well, time is really uh, going by fast. Um, I think our study guide had so much more and so many good examples from, from the Bible from which we can learn. And um, I think one final uh, thought is that Jesus approached people in their needs in all different dimensions. His healing uh, ministry included more than just physical and emotional, but also spiritual healing. Uh, maybe very quickly, one good idea that you have seen somewhere, practical idea for somebody to try in their churches uh, or in their lives, uh, one one good thing you know we're living this is a very different year year that's um we're all limited in our uh social aspects and uh, the pandemic but maybe one initiative you have seen that you said wow this is so nice that people are doing this these days uh in order to share about jesus with other people in this holistic way. Anybody? Well, um, my dad is is a pastor. He's making every day since this all thing started a pray and a message. So it's it's so interesting because my dad sent it to someone, this person sends to someone else, and in the end of the day, 
so many people, so much more people than the normal days receive this message. And I, I get so happy because some days I didn't get to send my friends a message and I received like a message saying, please send it to us. This makes so much difference, especially in these days that we are suffering because all this thing is this thing is new for us. So this is have been making me and my dad especially. He gets tired sometimes but he's still doing it because he received a lot of messages saying please don't stop sending this message. Because it's so special to make people stronger, the Christians stronger. Yeah that's a good idea. Bruno have you seen anything practical? Yeah, my example would not be from from nowadays uh, in those times of pandemic, but uh, a ministry that really amazes me is the one of healing. Uh, um, and it's called this way because it helps people pass through times of, you know, when their parents or perhaps other relatives died or passed away. Um, and there are people that help them to, to you know, pass through these, those difficult times. I think that's, you know, when we face death, um, I think it's really nice to have people by our side to help us. And I think this is what Jesus meant for us to, to be and to, to act, to perform with people. Nice. Pastor Glenn? Well, if I could just share one little experience. Uh, I had a group of friends that I was missing, so we sent out some invitations for a Zoom meeting, and uh, we called it Pass It On, and they were supposed to bring a song that inspired them. And we had about half a dozen, you know, eight people or so like that, and each person shared a song that was a blessing to them. They played a little bit of it, about one minute of the song, and then they talked about it. And it was really interesting, everybody shared. Well, that was back in early March, and it's continued every week since then, uh, except each week we change the topic. So any of you could do this with some friends or with your family. It's a great way to witness. You just have a small group on, on Zoom and you just have a topic for each week. We call it Pass It On. So the first week we passed the song on from me to you. And the next week we took a poem pass a poem. The next week it was a picture. The next week it was uh, something like a mountain. What's a mountain in your life? What's a, what's a valley? Uh, what's bodies of water that you like to swim or fish or, or ski or something? And then each time there's a biblical application that comes naturally. Last time we did one topic, it was uh, unanswered questions. And that actually went for two or three weeks because people had more questions, you know. And another time it was, who, who's inspiring you? Who's motivating you? And the simple questions like this. And you know, guys are not always so open to share and talk. But in this thing where each person brings just your answer to one idea and you share it for two or three minutes and then the next person, it's lots of fun. We laugh, we pray. Sometimes we weep because there's hardships, but it's a simple thing. Just gather together with a topic. You can have lots of fun. Whether they're religious or not religious, it doesn't matter. It's just sharing together. That's so good. A really nice idea and uh, very applicable these days. Uh, we can all own meetings connecting the prophets. Thank you to everyone for participating.
in this episode. We have this tradition where we learn how to say which uh, and which have Sabbath in different languages. Um, let's see, Bruno, have you had a chance to learn it in Mandarin? Yeah, I had. You want okay. me to say it right now? <laughs> yes, please. Okay, so happy Sabbath in Chinese Mandarin would be Thank you. Grace? Oh, I only know in Spanish and it's the same. Oh, that's, that's good. Like, you can say Feliz Sábado. Okay. Pastor Glenn? In Arabic, they would say Sab Said. Or happy Sabbath, and in the Romanian churches, they always greet each other with Pace Domnului, which means may the peace of God be upon you. Thank you very much for joining uh, us, and uh, until next time. On behalf of our producer, Lucas Moreira, and all of us, thanks for joining Global Bible Study. We highly recommend that you study this topic in depth with your study guide. Don't forget to follow and interact with us on social media, on Instagram at World Christianity. Until next time.